Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Fourth. What is this? Tailboard Talk, a Fourth Shift Fit Cast. Full disclosure: It's early in the morning because we recorded this episode or version of this episode last night, and I hated it. I felt tired and confused and unhappy, and then uh, unhappy with the podcast. Okay. Not unhappy with you. Don't worry. And then. I went to bed and didn't like it, so I begged Katie to get up early this morning with me and redo it, because I'm going to work today. But it's something I want to talk about. Um, so like I said, Katie's here on the couch. Say hi to everybody. Hello. I'll have to say a little bit louder than that is. Hello. Get some coffee in you. Um, but topic I want to talk about, because I've been looking to kind of diversify fourth shift, and one of the things I've been looking at is selling writing so like freelance writing or, or reaching out to websites or magazines and trying to sell them articles just because I don't know when the in-person stuff's going to kick back up again I've been having a few people over to the home gym um, that I work with because I know kind of what they're doing and how safe they've been and what their risk risk is they've been <laughs> you can hear that on the mic anyways I went back and started looking at some old articles that I wrote and this was a uh, one that kind of uh it was a rough draft. I like it. I'm definitely going to have to redo it. But it was called Building Client Trust. And the other title I think I had on there was like how to be a good coach or how not, how not to be a bad coach. So I had three parts in there. I had um, be authentic, which we can get into with Katie. It's one of her most hated phrases ever. But essentially don't try to BS anybody or fake it um, or try to be a coach or not just to get a client because they're going to see through it and you won't be as effective. And then my second one I had was um, not taking into account the client's limitations or goals or, or likes or dislikes and just giving a program and then bullying them into making them do your program even though that's probably not the best thing you'd be doing, but you kind of play this weird power struggle against them uh, because they don't know any better, and then they're in a, you both end up not happy, basically. So not listening to your clients is number two. And then the third one is making sure that you're um, a fan of your client, but not a cheerleader. There's a big difference there. Fans are highly critical of their teams or their athletes or whoever they like. Uh, cheerleaders are just there to always be upbeat and always push people forward and clap a lot and yell. Uh, Katie used to be a cheerleader, so she actually taught me how to clap correctly one time, and I do it to this day. But being a cheerleader brings in a lot of problems because then you lose the risk-benefit ratio of a lot of exercises. A lot of people can get hurt because you just want to keep pushing them more and more and more, or it's just a kind of a hollow 
relationship because you're just there as the positive voice all the time. And while that can be good, it can also limit a lot of progress. So those are my three. What I want to ask Kay this morning was from a client perspective, what tips she has for coaches or what she considers important for coaches to have, like um, how to be a good coach or how how not to be a bad coach, basically. So one more sip of coffee for you. Last night is one more sip of wine. Maybe that's why I was so sleepy. Mm-hmm. Couldn't put a sentence together. But um, what do you think is your top couple, either advice to coaches or things that you need in a coach? I don't think I have advice to coaches, but from a consumer standpoint, I can say what I would look for. First and foremost being certification, education. You know, I'm, I'm the type that when I go to research to do something, when I pay for a product or a service, I'm going to, I want to know what am I getting? Who is this person or business or um, whatever? And what's their background? Yeah. So definitely, how are you certified? What education do you have? How long have you been doing it? Um, you know, where have you worked? Have you only worked in boutique gyms out of your garage in a big box gym? Are you only on Instagram and have you ever worked with an actual person? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of just seeing filtering out the the actual information is the fluff of what you're trying to sell or who you are. Um, the second thing would be communication, being able to communicate, you know, my goals and expectations and be able to have that coach or person communicate back saying those are realistic or those are realistic, but it's going to take you a year or two years to get there. Um, and just knowing to if they are flexible on their programming, you know, if there's moves that I don't like and don't want to do and are they open to that or are they set in their own way of, no, these are my moves, these are what I like to put in, this is what I like to have you do. Um, so we're going to definitely do them after, our, you know, me saying, it's just not my favorite thing or it's uncomfortable or there's no reason, you know, I need to know how to do this move or what's the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Example being like, I really hate barbell back squats. I mm-hmm. think they're silly, they're uncomfortable. They're hard. Mm -hmm. I don't like them. (laughs) So if I tell you that and then a full month of training and I've done it, you know, six times, it's, you're obviously not listening or there's some benefit to it that I'm missing that you're not explaining. So just being able to communicate openly and, um, with that person and then likability, like, are we going to mesh or especially for in-person? Um, you know, I don't know how much digitally, you know, you're not talking on the phone. At least I see with you with your clients. You're not talking on the phone with them. You know, you're texting or emailing in your app. But, like, are we going to get along? What's your personality, coaching style like? Are you, not so much the cheerleader, but are you the one that's, like, the overly motivated, let's go, let's go, you can do it type? Because that's just, I don't know, for me that doesn't work. It makes me very uncomfortable and <laughs> makes me feel awkward and self-conscious. Like, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the extra little... Woohoo, doesn't, I don't know, I guess it doesn't work for me, or it's just that I'm like, am I not doing something right? It's not going, am I not going fast enough? Um, Never. <laughs> so I guess that, like, you know, the likability as far as our personality is going to match. Do I like you? Do I feel, you know, do you like me in the sense of if I'm going to email you, you know, if I look at my program and email you a bunch of questions, am I going to feel like you're going to be annoyed that I'm asking you all these questions as opposed to, hmm. you know, yeah, sure, ask me anything you want. But are you the type that's like ask me anything you want, or ask me anything, ask me anything you want, but don't send me more than like three messages a week. Yeah. So. But it's definitely a tricky 
on the digital side, it's definitely tricky to handle. But I think it comes with setting expectations. So like this is something that I had to do with my clients, my remote clients. When I was working for LGN, it was easy. Like there was a class time and you'd show up and then class was over and that was it. With digital stuff, it was an expectation I had to set with my personal training clients because um, I told them like, hey, if you need something or if you, if you look at the workout the morning of and you're going to do it in five minutes from now, and you send me a question about something, I might not get back to you for like 12 hours because of I might be on, at work or doing something with the kids. So it's not gonna be like an instant turnaround thing. Um, and so that's helped because some people said like, I need that instant stuff and I've told them why, then this isn't gonna work so good. And I don't coach them. And then the people that do accept that and do, don't mind not talking to me for two days or don't need daily check-ins and daily motivation those are the people that stick with it and those are the people I like to coach because they're because I don't have to be that constant cheerleading force um, and the clients I have have been with me now for probably well at least a year some two or three years um, and we're both fine with maybe going even up to a week without talking to each other mm-hmm. and then having like a flurry of catch up and then like okay cool that's everything's ironed out we'll see you next week kind of thing so um yeah, it is just about managing expectations, and I'd say definitely in the digital world, coaching can be more tricky because we all know how poorly text conversations can go without being able to see the person or hear the person's tone. So depending on when I'm texting a person like, hey, you only did one out of four workouts last week, what's going on? I could be breaking into like a real frustrating time in their week and then pestering them with another question. So it's kind of antsy on my side too, as opposed to where we're at the gym. And if you walk into the class, you can expect that the coach is going to ask how your week was or what's going on or how everything's going. Um, just getting a random text from some guy that works out in his garage asking why you didn't do jumping jacks can be frustrating sometimes. So um, yes to communication. <laughs> yes to that stuff. Yeah. What, what's, what's your number one then? Your number one was the certifications and... Yeah, just your, the background, the certifications. Kind of just what's, what's, what's their resume. Yeah. So what what would be like the minimum that you would accept as a resume? Or what... Yeah, what would be the minimum you would accept as a resume from someone that... I'm going to pay? Yeah. Well, I definitely want to see you have some kind of certification. You know, I don't know all of what they are and what they mean, but I definitely want to see... Some kind of letters next to your name or <laughs> under your name and then i can google what it is yeah um i'd like to have seen you at least work at a gym it doesn't have to be you know an la fitness or an export or a lifetime but at some kind of coaching experience maybe you worked at a high school and you coached like i don't know the part of the football team or something or did um, you worked at one of the smaller boutique ones, like an Orange Theory or something. Mm-hmm. Just that you've you've actually coached people before, in a sense of gave direction, had to do programming, your own programming. I know you know with some of these boutique gyms, they do everything for you, and you just kind of repeat the information. But mm-hmm. just some kind of capacity <clears throat> like that, and definitely some kind of education. You know, did do you, did you go to school for exercise science, or you know, do you have any kind of I don't Just anything. Anything. Yeah. Just something. I mean, like Cause, I said. Because you live in the digital space and Instagram, and well, you don't live there. No. That's 
like we said, though, that's the majority of where everybody sees their fitness and stuff, and there's really no telling. Oh, yeah, and it's easy to get, like, sucked into the fluff of the pretty curated, you know, matching fitness outfits where their outfits match their gym shoes, and they're doing, you know, oh, run a mile, and then do this, and then do that, and then it's like, okay, but you have, then you're reading their bio, and it's like, mom of two, fitness fanatic, but just no actual backing to what they're offering. And don't get me wrong, I think those are pretty, and I'll use them for inspiration for, you know, shopping for my at leisure at leisure wear but mm. definitely not someone i'm gonna trust and pay to tell me how to get back in shape or you know those are dangerous because a lot of those people use their personal like victory or personal progress as their bio but that's literally only what works for them and so if mm-hmm. you say like yeah that's great that you want to do that movement or this thing, but I hate that or I can't do that because of this old injury or whatever, that's where they kind of fall flat. They don't have the experience of troubleshooting or giving alternative movements or anything like that. And so then that when they have nothing to fall back on, that's when they become like the overhyped cheerleader because that's what mm-hmm. they have to make up for. They use that to make up for their lack of education and experience. It's just enthusiasm and a pretty page. So um, it's definitely a trap. That's why my page looks so terrible, because I'm so smart. Your page is not terrible. That I can just throw stuff up there. I can throw pictures of animal crackers and frosting up there, and it's not a big deal. Um, well, good. Well, do you have any? I know you said you don't have any advice, but do you? You've seen plenty of good and bad coaches. Like we can just pick them out pretty much. Do you have any advice for? Besides, go and get your education for like the average coach out there. Um, from a consumer standpoint and kind of just how, you know, I like to work with people. I think you need to have a little bit of that transparency, communication of being able to have the conversation. You know, if there's a move you really like to do and have your clients do, but you have a client who hates that particular move, you need to be able to be flexible and kind of get out of your own way too. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, you know, as the client needs to, you know, maybe have a good reason as to why they don't like a specific move or they hate running and maybe help them get out of their comfort zone a little bit. So I think just having open dialogue and communication is the key to any good relationship. And at the end of the day, you're going to have, you know, if this is a long-term client, you're going to have to have some kind of relationship and you're going to build potentially a good one. And sometimes I know, especially in the in-person, you know, space, sometimes you can become kind of a little bit of a therapist too. Mm. So, you know, if someone, you walk in and you say, how's your day going? And then they actually unload on you. You know, you have to have that communication to know, okay, this person, you know, maybe is in the mindset to do this big, heavy duty workout that we were going to do. Now I need to rearrange and we're going to do something different. Yeah. So I just think being open and, and communicative and kind of transparent with your clients and vice versa. I think you need to work with clients that are open, can communicate with you as well. Yeah, so. and we talked about this last night, though, that I have the um, ability to be picky with my clients, and that's pretty nice. Yeah. Because I do have the fire department job, so I can I can turn people away or or set like set my own boundaries, and then the people that want to work within those boundaries are typically the people I'd like to train in person, too, so I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that and not just have to take every client on and... Um, really grind this thing out and make 15 different templates for every variation that I want to sell and blah, blah, blah. So 
Um, yeah, that was, I mean, that was my second one was listen to the client basically. And that's mm -hmm. one of the first things I ask people is like, we'll find out what you like to do. There's probably a lot of stuff we're going to do that you may not have done before, but tell me what you don't want to do so I can avoid that because I don't want to make you angry off the bat. It also leads into that deeper conversation that we've had while working out, um, which is like, well, I hate, we'll choose back squats. Like, I hate back squats. Like, and then you have to ask why a few times to find out why they hate back squats. They might be really good at them and really strong, but maybe they failed a back squat one time and got crushed by the bar in front of a bunch of people at export, and now they hate them for that reason. So maybe just reassuring them, not that that happened to you. It did, that did not happen to me. But just reassuring them that's not going to happen. <laughs> or if it does happen, you'll be the only one laughing at them can make the difference. So they might they might have a different issue than you think with the problem. Or it might be like excruciating back pain. And then obviously that's a good thing to know also. So yeah, being able to uh, interact and investigate a little bit and be an actual person with clients instead of just sending them a program and saying, see in 16 weeks or buy my next ebook. Um, that's how I like to do it. So that's why I have few clients pay a little bit more, but there's actual progress and actual stuff going on instead of just pedaling out, um, just like fluff Instagram, uh, Pinterest workouts, you know? Hey, those Pinterest workouts can be good sometimes. They can, but they're all, this, it's but all I think, mindless stuff, which is hit, fine, but it's Sometimes not. they need mindless. And I do think you, I do think you hit just a good point there too, is, you know, from a consumer standpoint, standpoint, um, you know, you get what you pay for. So when you said you have a little bit less clients and they pay a little bit more, um, but seeing the behind, I guess for me, seeing behind the scenes of what you do, you know, I know you worry about what you're charging and making sure your clients are getting, you know, the best bang for their buck. So I think you have to work with those right, you know, those people who are going to pay that little, that, that little bit extra as mm -hmm. opposed to just going to export and paying their, was it $50 a session for a trainer? You, I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. It's been so, so long, but, you know, I think you get what you pay for too. Yeah. So if your client, if a client comes to you and says, well, I want to do all this and I want to train for a marathon and I want to work out six days a week. And then you tell them, okay, that's going to be, you know, $400 a month. Yeah. And they don't want that. Well, then obviously they're unrealistic of. You better have some letters behind your name that Katie can Google. $400 a month. I tell you. Okay. That's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. I would definitely love to charge $400 a month. If anybody is listening that wants to pay me $400 a month, I'm here for you. I'm here for you too because then I really don't have to go back to work. <laughs> yeah. I need you and five of your friends to give me $400 a month. Um, all right. And also, if anybody's listening that knows how to make money selling articles, it sound, I don't know. It sounds like a weird idea. It's not a weird idea. I don't know much about it. I got to do some looking into it and see if it's a reality or if it's goofy or what it is. So if anybody has experience freelance writing or pitching articles to wherever to get paid for them, let me know because it's something I thought about in the past, but I think as uh, the world continues to spiral down in one way or the other, I don't know when this in-person stuff is going to happen again. So I'd like to have some other form of uh, content production and revenue coming in. So anyways, and if you're my personal training clients, uh, thank you for sticking with me for this past couple of years, especially learning how to become a digital coach. And then this past year was rough for everyone. Um, we had a lot of good conversations that year and that's where the communication and relationship building really came into play. 
was when everybody was struggling, um, we all saw each other struggling. And that was, uh, I want to say it's a good thing, but that was a beneficial part of uh, more or less being real people. And we, we're not going to get in the authentic thing that Katie doesn't like right now necessarily because one of her main pet peeves in the world is when someone says to be your authentic self or they use that as a reason to be a jerk or be obnoxious. But um, being able to have real conversations with people and turn it less into a, a business and more into a relationship has been pretty awesome for me. So if you're one of my, my personal training clients, thanks, thanks for hanging on. And uh, I'm writing up your workouts for next month now. And I promise I don't hate you regardless of how many bear crawls you have to do. Anything else? Yes, talk about those bear crawls. Can we get those out of the workout? Nope. Because I know that you just don't like them and there's no reason you can't do them. Ha ha to you. Anyways. All right, guys. I don't know if you guys can hear the pterodactyl waking up in the, on the monitor right now, but there's at least one of them upstairs. If you need anything, reach out, forceshiftfit at gmail.com, forceshiftfitness on all social media. Um, I think... Two weeks from now, we'll come back with another episode, and I might have someone else on to talk about Elon Musk's drone robot he came out with that can deadlift more than most people and what kind of threat that is to humanity. So talk to you soon. As always, be a force shifter. Bye-bye.